You're listening to Sports Matters here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. We're glad to be here on this Tuesday, November 12th, 2019. Beautiful day. It's a beautiful fall day. There's a lot of great football. But before we get to that, there's some UCI sports going on. First of all, we've got to give out some awards here. Now, in tennis, i got to bring up tennis because Alyssa Fossier, who's also our doubles queen here at UCI, she's a sophomore, and she just dominates. She's got 11-4 record as a doubles, won the championship at San Diego State University, the fall classic, over the weekend. So applaud to her. Hey. She did it with the singles, and she won the silver medal, so that is an amazing accomplishment. We always love to hear about our tennis team doing well. She could be one of those type of tennis players that continues to get better, continues to compete on a college level, and could be like Danielle Collins and just join the Pro Tour. And before you know it, this could become a household name. Yeah, our tennis team is definitely, you know, very proud here. Because the women's field's very competitive on the tennis tour. However, there's a lot of new names in the field, and it's very balanced. So as we saw, we had like eight different winners in the Grand Slams in the last two years, except for the when Osaka won it back-to-back when she won the U.S. Open and the Australian Open a year ago. Right. You know, I I think it's a really cool thing to hear how Anteater Athletics just continues to have such success. And, you know, it's a, a big thing for you to be named this award number one and number two it's a really big thing to win a tournament in general you know how hard that is yes it is it's hard it's not easy so congratulations i love it we love it well there's another word i couldn't say on the radio we do have another lady athlete lady ant eater here jordan sanders was named the big west player of the week averaging nearly 20 points a game six and a half rebounds a block shot but the most importantly she shot 42 percent from the field and they are start off one and one they do play davidson on friday in kansas city missouri so that's quite a hike but i'm liking this team you know i know they dropped a, a tough game their very last game but it's a matter of getting the the new players getting them up to speed and it just takes time for an actual team to come together because you know preseason you pay a few preseasons and yes you have your your camp or what have you but until you start playing live action it takes time to develop that camaraderie you know with some of the graduates like Andy Ritter who's no longer with the team so you got to find okay who else is going to be that our our three ball shooter and is going to play good defense so they're finding that out right now but Jordan Sanders definitely she is the the catalyst that really keeps this team together and and, uh, and they got some great talent so there's gonna be a lot of great things with the women's basketball coming this season I'm telling you it's going to be great. And then on the flip side, we got a home opener tonight for the UCI men's basketball team. They're taking on Life Pacific. This is tradition. They do this every year at home. And also, UCI is off a kind of a tough loss on the road as well. They are also 1-1 one one for the men's basketball team. Right. And then they go to Boise State on Friday night. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good. Good opponent to play. Um, as far as our basketball team's concerned, I think Pepperdine just shot better from three. Just as simple as that. They made more threes and they took more threes. So it kind of just all came down to that. I wouldn't be too concerned. What's that old saying? You live by the three, you die by the three. And they lived. It's just working for them. The shooting percentages were fairly even. In fact, UCI shot a better percentage. It's just the three-point killed them. Um, You know, at at 39%, they made nine. Yeah, that was kind of a tight game. What was the final score on that? It was a tight game. They lost yeah. by four, 77 yeah. 73. So that's the difference of five made three pointers. So it's just five extra points you well, get two, for the three point. Two. two three well, no, points. what I'm saying is like if you have five field goals, that would total 10 points, but five three pointers would get you 15 points. That gets you the extra five points. 
Yeah, I get that's what I'm saying. saying. I get yeah, what you're saying. yeah, yeah. But they Rather than taking four. the two, they went for the three and made the three. That's all I'm saying. Not to confuse the listeners there. Right. <laughs> and uh, that's what the really the big difference was. You go five for sixteen as opposed to nine for twenty three. Forty percent from three is is really good. Like you get paid in the NBA. It's a low percentage really well. shot, <laughs> and if you're making forty percent of it, that's that's very very good. That's still early in the season. This is a young team. It's going to be a little bit different than last year. You're going to see a lot of new faces. You're going to see a lot of players that are going to have to fill the void for what Galloway had of last year in terms of the def- defensive side of the ball. You know, I still have confidence they're the best recruiting team in the Big West for a reason. So well, you, you also got to take in consideration how many freshmen do we have on the team? We've had, a, I mean, they've had a eight freshmen. I know a few of them are red-shirted, but there's, there's a lot of new people playing on this squad. So it's just like what I was saying before with the women's team. It just takes time to build that camaraderie to, to get the flow of the game and how the rotations are going to go. I mean, Here's well, your, first of all, I'd like to credit Yasu Worku who had yeah. a monster game against yeah. Pepperdine. He had a career-high 26 points. So that's he's certainly talented. I mean, we, we yeah. got our starters locked up. It's just a matter of, you know, the bench production and getting so, these young guys uh, up to speed. Let me ask you, Kevin, how many freshmen are on the team? I say there's nine. There is nine. Nine yeah. on the dot. You know, a throwaway season for them because no, the no. Who, who's saying that? Who's saying? I'm no one's saying, saying that. No one's saying that. Because we, that's what we have saying. great like, coaching here. We have the best coaching. Are you kidding me? But when you have nine freshmen on a, I team, know it, it's really they're yeah. really working hard. You could, you're going to see how really good this coaching staff is. So you have eleven. You have eleven that played against San Diego, and you had ten that played against Pepperdine. That means four freshmen are going to play. That's about yeah, but between a ten, eleven, depending on the matchup, and it's a way early in the season. I think we haven't seen them the best defensively yet. Um, that we're going to see. Yeah, but the it takes time to first build that. Two games. I mean, it's, it's you can't picture this as like when I meant by like a throwaway season is that you can't look at the whole of the season and just go, oh, okay, we have, we're playing six, seven, eight freshmen. You can't do that. You know, you already have six guys that are quality players that no. were a part of that. Here at UCI, run. we play to win the game. You Hello? play to win the game. We play to win the game here. So There's, don't give up on it just because it's I know what you're saying. Team. Don't give up on that. But I'll tell you what, they are going to have a nice home game against Life Pacific tonight, the Bren Center at they 7 p.m. smash them. Yeah, it's it's going to be a great game, and I'm telling you two things. One, they have great coaching. They're going to coach these kids up. They're, they're going to be great, or these young men. Secondly, you just named the six core veterans that we have on this basketball team. That's really going to help the freshman groom. And that's the beauty about the college game, especially when you have four-year players, because now this is their senior season. I know John Edgar Jr. is going to be really hungry, because I'm sure he wants a taste of the NCAA tournament. That's way down the line. You know, just like anything so else, you just that. take it one game at a time. They got Life Pacific at home, and then they go on the road to Boise State. So that's going to be it's going to be fun. It's a, it's a fun-filled week Yeah, it's, for well, basketball. It's, it's a fun-filled week, and then they have – this is – a big test for them next Monday in Colorado, the number 25 team in the nation. So that'll be a good test for them to go on the road and they go through the gauntlet. Now they go Boise state, Colorado, TCU. So just like that stretch last year where they were playing Texas tech, they're going through the stretch now, Utah state, yep, Utah state. So, I mean, as far as the way that we, the first couple games have gone, you know, obviously they haven't gone UCI's way in terms of the defensive end and holding them to the 60 mark. It's a great learning experience playing teams like Life Pacific and Pepperdine and San Diego. Like to play yep. the big guys, 
you have to be perfect in terms of your margin of error. Like when you play Colorado. Well, that's why the formula, they play great defense. So when you play Colorado, you have to be extra on top of it, right? Absolutely. Playing great defense. You you feed off that defense. It sets up your offense. So they, I think that's a big thing is they have to start getting the defensive end going a little bit better. So before we jump into some of the really big football games, because this has been a heck of a football weekend, we got to touch on Brian Ward's peewee football team the rancho cucamonga braves had they became conference champions two weeks ago they were the conference champions that was a huge game they beat the uh this really good team that they beaten twice in the season and then they went into the regionals and 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 lost 30 to 20 it's just tough you know when you're going up against a team that basically won the san diego market and uh it was just a tough loss for them and that what a great season they never gotten that far rancho cucamonga has never never been a conference champ so you know credit to brian ward's defense yeah it's been fun following this young football team and the, the schematics and everything i learned so much about football with peewee football congrats to brian ward coach brian yeah, ward and the brian rancho ward. cucamonga braves and it's only going to get better for him we got to talk about this nfl game because before we're going know- we're going to talk about Alabama and LSU. Oh, uh, can we? Yeah, I just like I just got a notification. Alabama and LSU. Really quick, let me just throw this in. I just got a notification on my phone from a sports journalist that says, All right. "This is how this is how ruthless sports journalism is." Yeah. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't look like the 137 million dollar quarterback that will lead the Niners to the Super Bowl after one loss, and they had the chance to win it on a kick. Media is ruthless. Yeah, man. We're, we're, we'll get back to that. You gotta get okay. That's crazy, though. But it's celebrating down in New Orleans. Okay, the New Orleans Saints. All right. We'll forget about that game. But we're going to touch on NFL in a bit. But Matt and I have been talking the last couple weeks, I mean, three weeks about this matchup on Saturday, this past Saturday, LSU at Alabama. And my goodness, did that game live up to the billing or what? It did. It did for sure. Uh, I was not expecting to. Uh, I know I said it. I expected him to play, but I did not expect him to play as well as he did. I mean, you know, that was a shootout. I mean, I wasn't expecting a shootout either. You know how those games are. It was last year's game. It was a yeah. Well, you have out. two powerhouse teams going at it. It, it could be one of others. It's like Auburn. They play phenomenal defense, so they really kept the score low. But LSU squeaked it out, and won that game. But the Alabama game. What was strange about it? Just the way LSU jumped all over him. I, now, I think when Alabama was driving on the first drive and two on that third down when he was scrambling and just kind of dropped the football, I, I wonder if that was just a little rust of not playing. But you, usually you wouldn't turn the ball over at that point. But, you know, things happen. It's just that's what happens when you got defensive pressure and, and you're forcing people in, in rush decisions. But anyway, as they fought back and forth, I think the really turning point was like one into the half after LSU scored the touchdown, went up 26-13. to 13. And then uh, there's about 35 seconds left. I know Alabama was getting aggressive, like, hey, let's get down, at least get a field goal and make it 26 to 16. And then it turned the ball over. I mean, you got to credit LSU, came up with a big interception, and then he went in and scored the touchdown and made it 33 to 13. You have to do that with Alabama. You got to get a big lead. (laughs) If you have any chance of beating them in Alabama, because you know Alabama's going to make a run, and they certainly did in the second half. Yeah, and it it was. 
was a huge amount of points for them to come back yeah. to. I mean, 33 to 13, that's 20 points. That's three scores. So for if you were to say, here's a handicap, I'll give you three touchdowns against Alabama. Not many teams are going to come back, you know, and play the way that LSU did and keep their foot on the gas because they got the 49 points from that 33, right? So that's an additional two scores. And a field 46. They made it to 46, but there was 46, a couple missed extra points. Right. Yeah. So a couple missed extra points. So let's say they scored two more touchdowns on top of that. They scored five touchdowns against that LSU team. Or, I'm sorry, against that Alabama defense. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. I think Joe Burrow just solidified himself as the Heisman. Um, and I, 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 you That's, deserve the victory lap. You've called this for a while now. It's just such a tough call, but it's just so great for, uh, you know, Baton Rouge and Ed Ogeron. And I didn't know that Randy Moss's son was the tight end for LSU. I did not did know you, that either. Did you know that? I, well, I know that now. I learned that over the weekend. Learned, a lot I of people were telling either. me, goes, did you know that? Did you know that? I didn't know that until I watched a game and they were talking about it. I'm like, that's Randy Moss's son. And then I saw him made a spectacular catch and I was like, 81 Moss. Randy Moss's son. I was like... Boy, I'll tell you what, on that note, we got to switch get, over to NFL yes. because the can most. We, can we talk about how ruthless the media is, real quick? Yeah. Because that's crazy. That That's the reason, if you heard the ding earlier in the show, that's because I didn't have my sound off and I got a notification. And I read that. But I'm and glad I it happened myself, right now on live radio because you can't beat that. You can't beat that on live radio this here is, at KUCI. <laughs> this is why the media is so ruthless. The Niners last night played an excellent football game and Jimmy it was a Garoppolo, clash of, of, of division opponents I think they're they're amongst the best two teams right. in the NFC and and they duked it out last night I think that it's like right now you can say it's the the Niners the Seahawks well you know since they won last night I'll put the Seahawks Niners and then the Saints so those are the top three for the NFC in terms of right now but I will I wanted to touch on that did you game. just say Seahawks Niners and the Saints yep Saints uh, lost this past weekend yeah, to the Falcons. I, I like that. I'll, I still I'll, think they're really good. I'll you be know? giving you a power five, but not. All but right. Let's, let's continue well, on. Let's that's conti- my NFC top three. But let's talk about this game last night. So, right. for the listeners, you know, just in case if you're not big football fans or what have you, I'll pick it up just in going into overtime. So, to get this game into overtime, Chase McLaughlin, who's the 49ers field goal kicker, kicks a 47 yard field goal, completes it to force overtime. Seattle wins the toss. They get the ball first. They drive all the way down. Now, how overtime works is is that each team gets an opportunity on offense. However, but it's sudden death if you get a touchdown right away. So if Seattle drives down and gets a touchdown, the game's over. That means 49ers don't touch the ball. But if Seattle drives down and kicks a field goal, then the 49ers have the opportunity to come back. They could kick a field goal. Now it's it's sudden death. It's like any score will win a safety, a field goal, or a touchdown. So, Seattle throws a red zone interception, kind of like he did in the Super Bowl. This is the last time it's ever been done. First time he's ever done it in a regular season. That Speaking of quarterback Russell Wilson, 49ers come back, drive down, they get in a field goal range, 47-yard field goal. Right before they start to line up to kick the field goal, Pete Carroll ices the kicker and calls a timeout. You- you forgot a few uh, a step. Russell Wilson driving one-handed, incredible pick returned back for the 49ers. Right to, to set this. Yeah, line. so that to set this up. Crazy play. Go yeah. watch it. That was a one-handed 
moss-like cat. And then Chase McLaughlin has a chance to win it. Then Pete Carroll calls a timeout to give him more time to think about this kick because this this is the game. They could win it on the field goal now that Seattle turned the ball over and uh, he missed it. Oh, he didn't just miss it. He kicked it. Yeah, it he just, kicked it into the where the tunnel. The, he literally. It's just he like he gave so him too much time. Right. He was thinking about it, and Pete Carroll knew, like the veteran knew, veteran coach knew what to do, and and it worked that time. Then after Seattle punts. 49ers. 49ers. So here's where I've been hearing a lot of you know controversy. So it's like a little less than two minutes ago in overtime, and the 49ers have the ball, and then they do you know it's three straight incomplete passes. They're saying you should have just ran the ball, run the clock down, at least try to get in field goal range if you can, end with the tie. So I've been hearing all of that, but they were going for the win. That's what they were doing. You got to credit Seattle's defense for forcing those three straight incompletions. Do you think Jimmy Garoppolo wanted to throw three incompletions in a row? He, no. Well, he also he threw- wants to win the game. I mean, two of those should have been caught. Right. And, and one you, of them was a drop pass. One of them was a drop pass. One of them was an incredible play by, uh, I think it's Shaquille Griffin. Yes. Unbelievable He's having an amazing extension. season this year, too. So you have to credit Seattle's defense for breaking that pass up. You know, if he doesn't get that, if he's one inch short on that, Debo Samuel catches that and he's in the end yeah. zone. So, yeah. So then Seattle gets the ball back and kicks a game-winning field goal and, 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 and a and game just, over. But that's just, know, they used the entire overtime period. Like you said, a lot of things that went on, but you're right. I think it was the second down pass that it was such a great defensive third, play. Third be- down pass. Oh, I'm sorry, third down pass. That was a great defensive play because he would have ran it all the way in for the touchdown. It was a game just a over. great play by him. Yeah. Just amazing. Like the 49ers got a really great play on that inverse interception and then we got an equal equally as good of a play from Shaquille Griffin. But look at both of these teams, you know, all the way around. They both have great defenses. You got Russell Wilson, who's possibly the MVP this year. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, is still a very, very good quarterback. Yeah. And he's, you know, this this is his ninth game of the season. Yeah. It's crazy that I get a notification about Jimmy Garoppolo. Refresh in my memory. What happened? So the, the notification was Jimmy Garoppolo isn't worth $187 million and isn't going to take this 49ers to the Super Bowl. I got that notification from a sports writer, and I'm literally thinking, did you watch the game? Because Jimmy Garoppolo brought them down to get the game into overtime and then gets them down and off of a, you know, they handed the ball off twice, and the Seattle Seahawks stuffed them, and they had to kick the field goal after Jimmy Garoppolo brought them down the field and then they made two really great plays. Like, how can you? It's just if it wasn't for Jimmy Garoppolo, they would have lost a regulation. It's just ruthless. It's, it's they are eight and one right now. I have to open up my sports apps and see on the front page Jimmy Garoppolo is worth. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, geez. Well, that's the problem. That's this whole instant gratification. They just want to see another team dominating and go undefeated. And if you don't go undefeated, oh, you're not worth the money. It's like, yeah, how dare you to say something like that? You know, it's like, you, like it's like you said, do you watch the game? I mean, you know, one of the big things about being a sports writer, if you're going to be a sports write, watch the game. Yeah, watch the game. I, I, did you see and You what, missed a great game you, last it night. It was Jimmy versus Russell Wilson. And yeah. you know what? Russell Wilson is the MVP of this league so far. And he deserves 100% of the votes. And he's been playing a lot longer in the starting role than Jimmy Garoppolo has. Yeah, yeah, it it blows my mind how people can be so negative sometimes. It's terrible. Why can't you write about how great of a football game that was? Okay, did you hear Garoppolo in the press conference? No, what did he say? He's very confident, very poised, and they said, what do you do in a situation like this when you had opportunities, and uh, how do you go on from this, That you know those missed opportunities? He goes, absolutely. He goes, as players, he goes, we have a great group of guys in the locker room. These guys want to win. 
in. He goes, we're going to sit down. We're going to be heavy critics of the tape. We're going to break everything down, what we should have done, what we could have done, you know, what we could do better. He goes, and we're going to learn from that. We're going to move on and we're going to be better. Like he was so poised, so confident. It's like if a sports writer, did you not listen to the press conference? Because you can hear in the tone of the voice, he's highly confident. It's just one of those games where it was a slugfest. It was, it, was it could have gone, game. it was anybody's game. Anybody could have won that game. 49ers had it won you know, at one point, uh, twice. They could have won the game twice. And then Seattle could have won the game twice. And finally Seattle ends up winning it. Yeah, it but is- that's that's going to be a marquee matchup. They got to they got to flex this thing into Sunday night football. They uh, need to. That's you know, a, it's later in the season when those two man. teams hook up again. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be great. I also want to point out that that is going to set up way better because we saw Jimmy Garoppolo's safety blanket not play in this game. Exactly, and George Kittle, and then and that's a huge thing. It's like yeah, he has to come in cold, and it's smart by Pete Carroll to do that. But I knew he wasn't going to make that kick. I just knew it. I literally, I yeah, that's I knew tough coming off the, the street, one. and you're pressured on a Monday night football on the big stage and that and that crowd, and and he just made a 47 yarder to get him to OT. So yeah, it's one of those. But when Pete Carroll gave him that extra time to think about it, that's what truly icing a kicker. Like the more veteran kickers, it just doesn't matter. They just block it out. It's routine. As soon as the special teams units come on, you got this routine where you you line up, you you aim it, and next thing you know, the ball snapped, and it's all routine. I, and Pete Carroll called that timeout to give him extra time to think about it. You could see it. Like, it's running through his head. It's like, oh, it's we're going to touch on the Rams. Their season's not over by any means. But, They're yeah, not, yeah, yeah good win for the Raiders. Yeah. You know, not to move on, but we got to talk about the Rams. Rams. The defense, their defense played so well. I mean, they really shut Pittsburgh down. I mean, they really did. They only held them to 10 points. Their defense scored seven points. And, their, and then the defense scored nine points. The Rams' defense. I mean, they were just doing everything everything they humanly possible to to get the win for the offense but that's what's been struggling right now and you know I'm, I'm glad there's no headlines saying oh Jared Goff you know, he he's not a 134 million dollar quarterback yeah it's because it's not they're they're not undefeated so they, no, I mean, they're, they're like, having issues yeah. the offensive line and they're a center who replaced John Sullivan at the beginning of the year because John Sullivan retired he went out with an injury in that game at the very beginning part of the game so it's hard to you know, get these guys in line, and you're playing. A, Pittsburgh still has a really good defense. Mm-hmm. They always have had a good defense, hence the Steel City. Yeah, and they really put a lot of pressure on. But also, too, I think defenses have caught up to what the Rams are doing. So it's just a matter of the Rams learning from that, learning like, okay, this is what the defense has been doing the last like so many games. So let's really get more on the running game. Let's maybe utilize the tight ends more. Whatever they need to do. You know, figure things out to really open up that offense. That offense is just way too talented to to only score three points on Sunday. I think you are you're seeing something right now, and I think we haven't really touched on it with the Rams. Is that you know Todd Gurley is a vital cog to the machine, and I think if they can't get and he Todd, looked great on Sunday, he did look great. But yeah. I'm saying if they can't get him going for the rest of the season, and having Brandon Cooks was out, so. How long is he out? That is something that I, I'm going to have to research. I just know that he was out for this past week. No, I know. I know. Um, but, I, you know, it's 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 one of those things where he is a huge portion of the three-headed monster that is that receiver. So he was put into concussion protocol, um, and he won't play against the Bears either, is what I just read. So it must have been a pretty good uh, – 
Well, bad news for the Rams. The center, Brian Allen's out for the season. Yeah. Rob Havenstein is going to be out this week. Yeah, that's big. So those are two big So, yeah, so they pretty much – this offensive line has changed over. So, you know, they got several rookies and – you know it's just tough. It's, they're facing a the Rams are facing a lot of adversity. Let alone the 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 whole injuries and the collapsing of the offensive line, which I still think they're doing a really good job for for what it is. The defenses have caught up to them. You know to that that kind of scheme that uh that play action. You know you know pass deep because a lot of teams have been kind of running that forty six defense, which is four down linemen and having six defensive backs to really cover up what the Rams like to do. With one linebacker in the middle, or sometimes they do a six-five or a five-six. Yeah, it was good to see Clay Matthews two back, you know, and yeah. playing in in absolutely yeah, the so. defense. The defense, I have, they're they're just getting better and better with each game. I mean, they dominated Pittsburgh, and that was a game that the defense won. Yeah, just unfortunate that the despite all the adversity that the offense just couldn't get another three points, but that turnover was costly. But it's also kind of questionable because when you look at the game, it looked like Jared Goss' arm was starting to go forward when the ball popped out, but they ruled it a touchdown. And the same thing happened with Mason Rudolph. He fumbles it, and you know, the Rams take it back, but they rule it. No, that was an incomplete pass. So it's just it's just so hard. It's so hard to officiate those types of plays. It's kind of like in the NBA, what's a block and what's a charge? Yeah. You know, it's that. It's just so hard. But – you know, apparently the officials, you know, the referees can't blame it on them. They made they made the right calls. They got to do it in quick time, and ninety nine percent of the time they're right. You know, they're human. They're going to make a mistake here and there, but that was that was costly because that I think that you know the Rams defense just was not going to give up anything else in that game, and they didn't. They played really well. You know, Jalen Ramsey, he's looking great. He's really fitting in nicely, and you know, Eric Weddle. You know, running that secondary, uh, they didn't really give up much yesterday or on Sunday. So yeah, they. they but didn't. I don't think it's doom and gloom for the Rams. I just think you know, yes, they got a lot of challenges here. You know, now with Brian Allen's out for the year, they're going to have to go without Rob Havenstein for a couple of weeks with an injury. So some of these younger guys, but if they can just do some extra work and practice this week, you know, hopefully start building some momentum, develop some chemistry, get some camaraderie. You know, get a big win. At least they're home, so they got a good couple weeks at home. That it's a couple tough matchups. You got to play the Bears on Sunday night, and then you got the Ravens on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And I know the defense is licking their chops for that one. Yeah, it, it's not over, but I it's a tough way back. It is. It is a tough hill to climb. Because but if this team, this if is, anything, if they face a lot of adversity, well, this is it. If they could come out of this, oh, you better watch out. This is where they have to do these things. They have to win. Well, it's going to be at home. They have to win against Seattle at home, and they have to go to San Francisco and win. They have to win both of those games. Yes. They can't go one and one They have to go win both of those games, and they have to pretty much, like sweep Tom the said Cardinals. here, they have to sweep the Cardinals 2-0. So that's four wins, Yeah. and we are, what, in the week 11? Your margin and of you error gotta is so thin. And you got to beat the Bears. And you got to beat the Bears. And your best case scenario is with those five wins, you end up ten and four. Or sorry, I'm sorry. Ten. You have ten win season. A ten win season that may or may not get you in the playoffs. Ten win season. That's what. That's the best way. The to Vikings, get in. seven and three, in the in the wild card. 
Yeah, it's it's really tough. Yeah, it's yeah, it's going to be tough, but they do have the tiebreaker over Carolina. They do. Yeah. It's Carolina, yeah. But it can be done. That's the thing is, you know, these are professional men. They face adversity all the time. Yes, injuries definitely played a role, obviously. The offensive line is really battered. However, they got some, you know, great coaches, and it's just about working hard in practice and, you know, just taking it one day at a time. I know it sounds so cliche and it's what the coaches say, but that's what they got to do. You just got to focus on your next opponent and getting that win and start building off that and start building that momentum before you know it. By the time you get to San Francisco and Seattle and, you know, the, the bulk of that division in the December, you'll you'll be in a much nicer rhythm and you have a little bit of momentum because the defense is just playing superbly well. And if the offense could pick up and get some points consistently – and like you say, get that running game going with Todd Gurley. Yes, the Rams are right back in the mix. Yeah, they could turn this around, but it's definitely going to be a challenge. It's it's hard. I mean, it's it's a. It oh, varies, I'm highly uh, confident in this team. I know you're highly confident, uh, and I am it's too. Like LSU, I'm just saying, I just need to point out these are the things that need to happen for the Rams in order for this to work out. So, right now we're in what week eleven, so that means there's five games left. Right, we're we're now in week eleven. Six games. Six games. Seven we games. Actually, week. seven games left. Seven games seven left. Seven games for them. Week seventeen. You're right. So, seven games left. You have to win at least five. Do you think the Rams can do that? They I do think they can a- win at least five, but I think it would be better if they win six. But anyway, do you think that they could win six? Absolutely. I think they could win out. I just think they just got to focus on their next opponent, start to develop some camaraderie. You know, hopefully the injury bug doesn't bother them anymore. Get Brandon Cooks back, get people healthy as you're winning these games. Yes, because the, the way that defense played on Sunday, that's why I believe that. That defense is, wow. They played really, really well. They're not going to let Mason Rudolph beat them. And they did, man. They they shut them down. It was it was Pittsburgh's defense that came up with a big turnover late in the game, ended up being the deciding score in that game. And the Rams had their opportunities and then golf through the second interception. It's just a matter of uh, you know changing things up, changing up your schemes a bit, You know, trying to fool those defenses and, and, and getting that running game going. Maybe you, you Use of tight ends more often because the defenses have kind of caught up to him and what you can do with that offensive line, and they will. Coach McVay, I, I have faith in him. It's so funny. They're also saying, oh, Coach McVay, he's not the genius we thought he was. Well, I don't think he ever wanted to label you, labeled him as a genius. I think it's... He's it's, an NFL coach, and he does a phenomenal job. He won the coach of the year, and he's going to figure it out. We're in a society of prisoners Inst- of the moment. Yeah. Instant gratification. Yeah. Have you tried the Popeye's chicken sandwich? No, I'm not going to because I can get the same thing at Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is way better. I'm an advocate of that. Uh, Why would I deal with the craziness of Popeye's when I could get a perfectly good chicken sandwich at a very convenient location here? At absolutely. I love Chick-fil-A. Well said. Well said. Well, I'll tell you what. Another game that stuck out to me is that the Cincinnati Bengals' perfect season is still alive. Yeah. They are 0-9. Boy, wow. they look terrible against the Ravens. But again, you it's know, the Ravens. Do you think – okay, let me, let me ask you this. Okay, as a Bengals fan – you got to go into Oakland and play Oakland this week. Do you think that they will win against Oakland? No, I think Oakland's going to win that game. Good. It's nothing against Ryan Finley. Honestly, I don't even I don't even think he should really be starting, but you got you do got to find out what you have in your backup quarterback, but at the same time, despite with all the Rams injuries on their offensive line and they got all these new guys in there, that offensive line is still better than what the Bengals have. Yeah. 
I, I just see, I think the Bengals should just stop playing. This is this is the two parallels that I see right now. The New York Knicks. I I've been following basketball, but I'm not. I don't. We don't talk about it until like Christmas time. But I just wanted to point out that right now the New York Knicks are terrible basketball team, and they are setting up a really good coach for failure. And I think the Bengals have a similar parallel where yes. they're setting up this coach for failure. Where they, they, yeah. they, I mean, well, you, you said the right thing. It all comes down to ownership. Poor ownership for New York Knicks. That's why they haven't succeeded. Poor ownership for the Cincinnati Bengals. They don't even have a GM. Yeah. Uh, how do you run an organization? So Ask the Texans. You don't have – exactly. <laughs> so – that's that's really what it is, and everybody knows it in Cincinnati. They just they would rather Mike Brown sell the team, you know, sell to some owner that wants to win, but also that will bring in true football people to help build your team up because it's just a poor culture. You know why Zach Taylor got the job there? It's because three other candidates passed up on it. They didn't want. They're like, no, thank you. Bengals want to interview me? No, no, thank you. None of the big names are going to go there. Jim Harbaugh would never go there. They can give him forty million a year. He still wouldn't coach there. It's just a bad culture. It's a bad ownership and. I mean, that's that's what it is. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you have such a proud city. You look at all the Reds fans that are so passionate and about the And the Reds team. are projected to be a good season next year. Yeah, and, yeah. and those owners want it's, to win. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like you're getting excited a, about the Reds. And, and it's so, There's a lot of excitement yeah, in the city of yeah, Cincinnati. Get yeah. a good owner in there. Go. Yeah. You know what? I think they should get rid of this owner and bring in someone that's just like a big-name celebrity. Think about that. That would put Cincinnati on the map. Let me ask mm. you. If Jay-Z was the owner of the Cincinnati Bengals, would you be excited? He brings in, you know, all the best guys, okay? Would you be excited about that? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Jay-Z wanted to do that. <laughs> he does. He, he wants to be an NFL owner. He's yeah. the biggest well, talked-about NFL future owner right now. Boy, if he could turn the Cincinnati Bengals into a winner, by all means, have mm, at it, yeah. sir. Okay. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. So here's my power five yes. in the NFL. All right, let's do it. At number five, I we put need the Ravens. Some music for these. I, I put the Ravens, and I'll Ravens. tell you why. I, I wish I could. We're, we're getting close Next to run week. out of time. Ravens. The Ravens. And I'll tell you this. The Ravens are amazing. They run that pistol well. They got great defense. However, the Ravens are a type of team, if they're down by two touchdowns, they struggle in the passing game to try to catch up. Four. So four, the New Orleans Saints. Three, the San Francisco 49ers. Wait, wait, wait. Why do you like the Saints at four? Saints at four. Yes, they lost a, a division game at home. It, it was a clunker of a game. It's one of those where they just, it's a division opponent. It doesn't matter what the records are. The Atlanta came in ready to play, and they really took it to the Saints. It's not like the Saints took them lightly. Yep. They, they just know each other really well, and they just Atlanta got the upper hand. But I still think the Three. Saints are the complete football team. They got Drew Brees as a quarterback, great defense, great special teams. We got to get this game. in a minute. Three. 49ers. 49ers, why? Great defense. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. And he did a lot in that game to really help that 49ers. The force overtime almost nearly won the game. Couldn't so agree with you more. He's worth all the money. Two. Seattle Seahawks. Why? Best team in the NFC. They got the MVP, Russell Wilson. Their defense is playing great. Davian Clowney is killing it. Shaquille Griffin, killing it. And then number one, you got to go with the New England Patriots. They are well, defending Super Bowl why. champs. They're the smartest team in NFL history. That's my power five. All right. All right. Here's my power five. Five Saints. Obvious reasons. Excellent football team. They're going to have to play the Niners. That's going to determine a few more things. Four, I have... 
the Seattle Seahawks. Can you believe it? Even after they won, I Bias. still put them at four. Bias. Bias. Number three, San Francisco 49ers. Unbelievable job this Somewhat year. Somewhat not biased. Somewhat not biased, but I'll take it. Jimmy Garoppolo is underrated and is worth that money. Two, the Baltimore Ravens. Let me tell you why. Because they are innovative to the point where the NFL has never seen anything like this. Number two is the Baltimore Ravens, and they beat the Patriots, so they went from five to two today. And obviously, the Patriots are in our number one spot. And that wraps up the Power Fives. For sports matters. Yeah, we're just having some fun with that. Yeah. Anybody you have your own power five. This has been an exciting NFL. This is what I always talked about months before. When November football comes around, it's the best football. Look, we had the Alabama LSU game on Saturday. What an amazing game. I'm still buzzing about that. There was no other football I wanted to watch. Sunday football was great. The Rams Steelers, man, that was a dogfight. I watched it all the way to the end. It's just like, oh, I just thought for sure the Rams were going to pull it out. They were going to pull it out, but I'm not going to lose faith in the Rams. You shouldn't. I'm highly confident in that team and i'll tell you what there's just gonna be some smacking around you know with some of the veteran players like hey guys we got to get this together and they will they'll figure it out i love december football and that's around the corner because that's really going to decide who's going to be in the playoffs and who gets to sit home yep gonna said it better myself this is sports matters you catch us on kuci.org this is kuci 88.9 fm in irvine all sports matters